Section 21 of Germanon by Emile Zola, translated by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Berard. Part 4. Chapter 5. Another fortnight had passed by. It was the beginning of January, and cold mists benumbed the immense plain. The misery had grown still greater, and the settlements were in agony from hour to hour beneath the increasing famine. Four thousand francs sent by the International from London had scarcely supplied bread for three days, and then nothing had come. This great dead hope was beating down their courage. On what were they to count now, since even their brothers had abandoned them? They felt themselves separated from the world, and lost in the midst of this deep winter. On Tuesday, no resources were left in the Dossant-Quarant settlement. Etienne and the delegates had multiplied their energies. New subscriptions were opened in the neighboring towns, and even in Paris. Collections were made and lectures organized. These efforts came to nothing. Public opinion, which had at first been moved, grew indifferent now that the strike dragged on forever, and so quietly, without any dramatic incidents. Small charities scarcely sufficed to maintain the poorer families. The others lived by pawning their clothes and sewing up the household piece by piece. Everything went to the brokers, the wool of the mattresses, the kitchen utensils, even the furniture. For a moment they thought themselves saved, for the small retail shopkeepers of Monceau, killed out by Maigret, had offered credit to try and get back their custom. And for a week, Bardon, the grocer, and the two bakers, Carole and Smelton, kept open shop, but when their advances were exhausted, all three stopped. The bailiffs were rejoicing. There only resulted a piling up of debts, which would for a long time weigh upon the miners. There was no more credit to be had anywhere, and not an old saucepan to sell. They might lie down in a corner to die like mangy dogs. Etienne would have sold his flesh, he had given up his salary and had gone to Marchand's to pawn his trousers and cloth coat, happy to set the Maheu's pot boiling once more. His boots alone remained, and he retained these to keep a firm foothold, he said. His grief was that the strike had come on too early, before the Provident Fund had had time to swell. He regarded this as the only cause of the disaster, for the workers would surely triumph over the masters on the day when they had saved enough money to resist. And he recalled Souverain's words, accusing the company of pushing forward the strike to destroy the fund at the beginning. The sight of the settlement and of these poor people without bread or fire overcame him. He preferred to go out and to weary himself with distant walks. One evening, as he was coming back and passing near Requillard, he perceived an old woman who had fainted by the roadside. No doubt she was dying of hunger, and having raised her, he began to shout to a girl whom he saw on the other side of the paling. Why, is it you? he said, recognizing Moquette. Come and help me, then. We must give her something to drink. Moquette, moved to tears, quickly went into the shaky hovel which her father had set up in the midst of the ruins. She came back at once with gin and a loaf. The gin revived the old woman, who, without speaking, bit greedily into the bread. She was the mother of a miner who lived at a settlement on the Cogny side, and she had fallen there on returning from Loiselle 
where she had in vain attempted to borrow half a franc from a sister when she had eaten she went away dazed etienne stood in the open field of Recuillard, where the crumbling sheds were disappearing beneath the brambles well won't you come in and drink a little glass asked moquette merrily and as he hesitated then you're still afraid of me he followed her won by her laughter the spread which she had given so willingly moved him she would not take him into her father's room but led him into her own room where she at once poured out two little glasses of gin the room was very neat and he complimented her on it besides the family seemed to want for nothing the father continued his duties as a groom at the Verrou, while she saying that she could not live with folded arms had become a laundress which brought her in thirty sous a day one may amuse oneself with men but one isn't lazy for all that i say she murmured all at once coming and putting her arms round him prettily why don't you like me he could not help laughing she had done this in so charming a way but i like you very much he replied no no not like i mean you know that i am dying of longing come it would give me so much pleasure it was true she had desired him for six months he still looked at her as she clung to him pressing him with her two tremulous arms her face raised with such supplicating love that he was deeply moved there was nothing beautiful in her large round face with its yellow complexion eaten by the coal but her eyes shone with flame a charm rose from her skin a trembling of desire which made her rosy and young in face of this gift which was so humble and so ardent he no longer dared to refuse oh you are willing she stammered delighted oh you are willing and she gave herself up with the fainting awkwardness of aversion as if it was for the first time and she had never before known a man then when he left her it was she who was overcome with gratitude she thanked him and kissed his hands etienne remained rather ashamed of this good fortune nobody boasted of having had moquette as he went away he swore that it should not occur again but he preserved a friendly remembrance of her she was a capital girl when he got back to the settlement he found serious news which made him forget the adventure the rumour was circulating that the company would perhaps agree to make a concession if the delegates made a fresh attempt with the manager at all events some captains had spread this rumour the truth was that in this struggle the mine was suffering even more than the miners on both sides obstinacy was piling up ruin while labour was dying of hunger capital was being destroyed every day of rest carried away hundreds of thousands of francs every machine which stops is a dead machine tools and material are impaired the money that is sunk melts away like water drunk by the sand since the small stock of coal at the surface of the pits was exhausted customers talked of going to belgium so that in future they would be threatened from that quarter but what especially frightened the company although the matter was carefully concealed was the increasing damage to the galleries and workings the captains could not cope with the repairs the timber was falling everywhere and landslips were constantly taking place 
soon the disasters became so serious that long months would be needed for repairs before hewing could be resumed already stories were going about the country at creek quote three hundred metres of road had subsided in a mass stopping up access to the saint pomme at madeleine the magreto scene was crumbling away and filling with water the management refused to admit this but suddenly two accidents one after the other had forced them to avow it one morning near Pierlaine, the ground was found cracked above the north gallery of miro which had fallen in the day before and on the following day the ground subsided within the barreau shaking a corner of a suburb to such an extent that two houses nearly disappeared etienne and the delegates hesitated to risk any steps without knowing the director's intentions then sir whom they questioned avoided replying certainly the misunderstanding was deplored and everything would be done to bring about an agreement but he could say nothing definitely at last they decided that they would go to m hennebeau in order to have reason on their side for they did not wish to be accused later on of having refused the company an opportunity of acknowledging that it had been in the wrong only they vowed to yield nothing and to maintain in spite of everything their terms which were alone just the interview took place on tuesday morning when the settlement was sinking into desperate wretchedness it was less cordial than the first interview maheu was still the speaker and he explained that their mates had sent them to ask if these gentlemen had anything new to say at first m affected surprise no order had reached him nothing could be changed so long as the miners persisted in their detestable rebellion and this official stiffness produced the worst effects so that if the delegates had gone out of their way to offer a conciliation the way in which they were received would only have served to make them more obstinate afterwards the manager tried to seek a basis of mutual concession thus if the men would accept the separate payment for timbering the company would raise that payment by the two centimes which they were accused of profiting by besides he added that he would take the offer on himself that nothing was settled but that he flattered himself he could obtain this concession from paris but the delegates refused and repeated their demands the retention of the old system with the rise of five centimes a tram then he acknowledged that he could treat with them at once and urged them to accept in the name of their wives and little ones dying of hunger and with eyes on the ground and stiff heads they said no always no with fierce vigour they separated curtly m hennebeau banged the doors etienne maheu and the others went off stamping with their great heels on the pavement and the mute rage of the vanquished pushed to extremes towards two o'clock the women of the settlement on their side made an application to maigrat there was only this hope left to bend this man and to wrench from him another week's credit the idea originated with Mehir, who often counted too much on people's good nature she persuaded the brule and the levaque to accompany her as to piron she excused herself saying that she could not leave piron whose illness still continued other women joined the band till they numbered quite twenty when the inhabitants of montsou saw them arrive gloomy and wretched 
occupying the whole width of the road they shook their heads anxiously doors were closed and one lady hid her plate it was the first time they had been seen thus and there could not be a worse sign usually everything was going to ruin when the women thus took to the roads at Maigrat, there was a violent scene at first he had made them go jeering and pretending to believe that they had come to pay their debts that was nice of them to have agreed to come and bring the money all at once then as soon as maheu began to speak he pretended to be enraged were they making fun of people more credit then they wanted to turn him into the street no not a single potato not a single crumb of bread and he told them to be off to the grocer Verdon, and to the bakers carole and smelton since they now dealt with them the women listened with timid humility apologizing and watching his eyes to see if he would relent he began to joke offering his shop to the brule if she would have him as a lover they were all so cowardly that they laughed at this and the levaque improved on it declaring that she was willing she was but he at once became abusive and pushed them towards the door as they insisted suppliantly he treated one brutally the others on the pavement shouted that he had sold himself to the company while maheude with her arms in the air in a burst of avenging indignation cried out for his death exclaiming that such a man did not deserve to eat the return to the settlement was melancholy when the women came back with empty hands the men looked at them and then lowered their heads there was nothing more to be done the day would end without a spoonful of soup and the other days extended in an icy shadow without a ray of hope they had made up their minds to it and no one spoke of surrender this excess of misery made them still more obstinate mute as tracked beasts resolved to die at the bottom of their hole rather than come out who would dare to be first to speak of submission they had sworn with their mates to hold together and hold together they would as they had held together at the pit when one of them was beneath a landslip it was as it ought to be it was a good school for resignation down there they might well tighten their belts for a week when they had been swallowing fire and water ever since they were twelve years of age and their devotion was thus augmented by the pride of soldiers of men proud of their profession who in their daily struggle with death had gained a pride in sacrifice with the mahus it was a terrible evening they were all silent seated before the dying fire in which the last cinders were smoking after having emptied the mattresses handful by handful they had decided the day before to sell the clock for three francs and the room seemed bare and dead now that the familiar tic-tac no longer filled it with sound the only object of luxury now in the middle of the sideboard was the rose cardboard box an old present from maheu which maheud treasured like a jewel the two good chairs had gone father bonmore and the children were squeezed together on an old mossy bench brought in from the garden and the livid twilight now coming on seemed to increase the cold what's to be done repeated maheude crouching down in the corner by the oven etienne stood up looking at the portraits of the emperor and empress stuck against the wall he would have torn them down long since if the family had not preserved them for ornament so he murmured with clenched teeth 
and to think that we can't get two sous out of these damned idiots who are watching us starve if i were to take the box said the woman very pale after some hesitation maheu seated on the edge of the table with his legs dangling and his head on his chest sat up no i won't have it maheude painfully rose and walked round the room good god was it possible that they were reduced to such misery the cupboard without a crumb nothing more to sell no notion where to get a loaf and the fire which was nearly out she became angry with alzire whom she had sent in the morning to glean on the pit-bank and who had come back with empty hands saying that the company would not allow gleaning did it matter a hang what the company wanted as if they were robbing any one by picking up the bits of lost coal the little girl in despair told how a man had threatened to hit her then she promised to go back next day even if she was beaten and that imp jeanlin cried the mother where is he now i should like to know he ought to have brought the salad we can browse on that like beasts at all events you will see he won't come back yesterday too he slept out i don't know what he's up to the rascal always looks as though his belly were full perhaps said etienne he picks up some sous on the road she suddenly lifted both fists furiously if i knew that my children beg i'd rather kill them in myself too maheu had again sunk down on the edge of the table lenore and henri astonished that they had nothing to eat began to moan while old bonnemart in silence philosophically rolled his tongue in his mouth to deceive his hunger no one spoke any more all were becoming benumbed beneath this aggravation of their evils the grandfather coughing and spitting out the black phlegm taken again by rheumatism which was turning to dropsy the father asthmatic and with knees swollen with water the mother and the little ones scarred by scrofula and hereditary anemia no doubt their work made this inevitable they only complained when the lack of food killed them off and already they were falling like flies in the settlement but something must be found for supper my god where was it to be found what was to be done then in the twilight which made the room more and more gloomy with its dark melancholy etienne who had been hesitating for a moment at last decided with aching heart wait for me he said i'll go and see somewhere and he went out the idea of moquette had occurred to him she would certainly have a loaf and would give it willingly it annoyed him to be thus forced to return to Requillard. this girl would kiss his hands with her air of an amorous servant but one did not leave one's friends in trouble he would still be kind with her if need be i will go and look round too said maheu in her turn it's too stupid she reopened the door after the young man and closed it violently leaving the others motionless and mute in the faint light of a candle end which alzire had just lighted outside she stopped and thought for a moment then she entered the levaque's house tell me i lent you a loaf the other day could you give it me back but she stopped herself what she saw was far from encouraging the house spoke of misery even more than her own the levaque woman with fixed eyes was gazing into her burnt-out fire while levaque made drunk on his empty stomach by some nail-makers was sleeping on the table 
with his back to the wall bouteloup was mechanically rubbing his shoulders with the amazement of a good-natured fellow who has eaten up his savings and is astonished at having to tighten his belt a loaf ah my dear replied the levaque woman i wanted to borrow another from you then as her husband groaned with pain in his sleep she pushed his face against the table hold your rope bloody beast so much the better if it burns your guts instead of getting people to pay for your drinks you ought to have asked twenty sous from a friend she went on relieving herself by swearing in the midst of this dirty household already abandoned so long that an unbearable smell was exhaling from the floor everything might smash up she didn't care a hang her son that rascal bevere had also disappeared since morning and she shouted that it would be a good riddance if he never came back then she said that she would go to bed at least she could get warm she hustled bouteloup come along up we go the fire's out no need to light the candle to see the empty plates well are you coming louis i tell you that we must go to bed we can cuddle up together there that's a comfort and let this damned drunkard die here of cold by himself when she found herself outside again maheude struck resolutely across the gardens towards perron's house she heard laughter as she knocked there was sudden silence it was a full minute before the door was opened what is it you exclaimed perron with affected surprise i thought it was the doctor without allowing her to speak she went on pointing to perron who was seated before a large coal fire ah he makes no progress he makes no progress at all his face looks all right it's in his belly that it takes him then he must have warmth we burn all that we've got piron in fact looked very well his complexion was good and his flesh fat it was in vain that he breathed hard in order to play the sick man besides as maheude came in she perceived a strong smell of rabbit they had certainly put the dish out of the way there were crumbs strewed over the table and in the very midst she saw a forgotten bottle of wine mother has gone to Monceau to try and get a loaf said perron again we are cooling our heels waiting for her but her voice choked she had followed her neighbour's glance and her eyes also fell on the bottle immediately she began again and narrated the story yes it was wine the peel and people had brought her that bottle for her man who had been ordered by the doctor to take claret and her thankfulness poured forth in a stream what good people they were the young lady especially she was not proud going into workpeople's houses and distributing her charities herself i see said maheude i know them her heart ached at the idea that the good things always go to the least poor it was always so and these peeline people had carried water to the river why had she not seen them in the settlement perhaps all the same she might have got something out of them i came she confessed at last to know if there was more going with you than with us have you just a little vermicelli by way of loan perron expressed her grief noisily nothing at all my dear not what you can call a grain of semolina if mother hasn't come back it's because she hasn't succeeded we must go to bed supperless at this moment crying was heard from the cellar and she grew angry and struck her fist against the door 
it was that gadabout lady whom she had shut up she said to punish her for not having returned until five o'clock after having been roaming about the whole day one could no longer keep her in order she was constantly disappearing Mehid, however remained standing she could not make up her mind to leave the slurge fire filled her with a painful sensation of comfort the thought that they were eating there enlarged the void in her stomach evidently they had sent away the old woman and shut up the child to blow themselves out with their rabbit ah whatever people might say when a woman behaved ill that brought luck to her house good night she said suddenly outside night had come on and the moon beyond the clouds was lighting up the earth with a dubious glow instead of traversing the gardens again maheude went round despairing afraid to go home again but along the dead frontages all the doors smelled of famine and sounded hollow what was the good of knocking there was wretchedness everywhere for weeks since they had had nothing to eat even the odour of onion had gone that strong odour which revealed the settlement from afar across the country now there was nothing but the smell of old vaults the dampness of holes in which nothing lives vague sounds were dying out stifled tears lost oaths and in the silence which slowly grew heavier one could hear the sleep of hunger coming on the collapse of bodies thrown across beds and the nightmares of empty bellies as she passed before the church she saw a shadow slip rapidly by a gleam of hope made her hasten for she had recognized the Mousseau priest abbe Joueur, who said mass on sundays at the settlement chapel no doubt he had just come out of the sacristy where he had been called to settle some affair with a rounded back he moved quickly on a fat meek man anxious to live at peace with everybody if he had come at night it must have been in order not to compromise himself among the miners it was said too that he had just obtained promotion he had even been seen walking about with his successor a lean man with eyes like live coals sir sir stammered maheu but he would not stop good night good night my good woman she found herself before her own door her legs would no longer carry her and she went in no one had stirred maheu still sat dejected on the edge of the table old bonmort and the little ones were huddled together on the bench for the sake of warmth and they had not said a word and the candle had burnt so low that even light would soon fail them at the sound of the door the children turned their heads seeing that their mother brought nothing back they looked down on the ground again repressing the longing to cry for fear of being scolded maheude fell back into her place near the dying fire they asked her no questions and the silence continued all had understood and they thought it useless to weary themselves more by talking they were now waiting despairing and without courage in the last expectation that perhaps etienne would unearth help somewhere the minutes went by and at last they no longer reckoned on this when etienne reappeared he held a cloth containing a dozen potatoes cooked but cold that's all that i have found he said with moquette also bread was wanting it was her dinner which she had forced him to take in this cloth, kissing him with all her heart. Thanks, he said to Mehude, who offered him his share. I've eaten over there. 
it was not true and he gloomily watched the children throw themselves on the food the father and mother also restrained themselves in order to leave more but the old man greedily swallowed everything they had to take a potato away from him for alzire then etienne said that he had heard news the company irritated by the obstinacy of the strikers talked of giving back their certificates to the compromised miners certainly the company was for war and a more serious rumour circulated they boasted of having persuaded a large number of men to go down again on the next day the victoire and the foutre comtel would be complete even at madeleine and Mirault, there would be a third of the men the maheus were furious by god shouted the father if there are traitors we must settle their account and standing up yielding to the fury of his suffering to-morrow evening to the forest since they won't let us come to an understanding at the bon joyeux we can be at home in the forest this cry had aroused old bonnard who had grown drowsy after his gluttony it was the old rallying cry the rendezvous where the miners of old days used to plot their resistance to the king's soldiers yes yes de vandame i'm with you if you go there maheude made an energetic gesture we will all go that will finish these injustices and treacheries etienne decided that the rendezvous should be announced to all the settlements for the following evening but the fire was dead as with the levaques and the candles suddenly went out there was no more coal and no more oil they had to feel their way to bed in the intense cold which contracted the skin the little ones were crying End of section twenty one